0: Girlfriend Share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? Hello, welcome to Girlfriended. This is your host, Patty Lynn Wyatt, and this is our seventh episode with Jessica Pierce, owner of Thrive 139, a consulting firm dedicated to serving churches and faith-based nonprofits. So welcome. Hi, Patty. Thanks for having me here. Okay. I am laughing because you're over here just taking snapshots. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, whoa, whoa, it's time. Oh, she just, she just welcomed me. Um, so I, I love it. I love it. And, um, by the way, you look fabulous in your cute headband with your blonde hair all like up on your head with this cute matching shirt on and it says, I'm done adulting. So love it. Uh, I just want to say another thing that, that I love is that yesterday, I had just finished reading uh, John Cooper, who I'm, I'm kind of a fan. Uh, he's the lead singer for Skillet. And he has a great song, I'm Awake, I'm Alive. And my husband, when he went through, this is back in 2008, he went through, it, it might have been 2009 this um time of his life where his company he was you know there was like two people standing basically and he then left that job and went to another company that we used to say it was like dead man walking, cause he he was like, I'm I'm going to the graveside today when <laughs> he would go to work. But every morning he would play that song. That was like his his mantra. You know, he would just get up and drive in the car and play that song. Uh, I'm awake, I'm alive. And it 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 filled his his cup before he went to work and was back into the grave. But so, you know, kind of kind of my hero, because he helped my husband so much. But he had a Facebook post, and I, I'm going to read it to you, because it's just funny. Of uh, I had just read this, and then you posted something in a story. So He said, pastors, I am thankful for you. Many are serving faithfully and you will be rewarded by God. But for the pastors who are receiving the reward on earth, I have a request for you. Please stop looking for adoration from the world. We don't need you to look awesome. We need you to be fearless and preach the gospel according to the unchanging authoritative word of God. Stop finding clever ways to evade questions. You know the one. God's commands about sexual morality, God's authority structure in the church and at home, biblical justice instead of the religion of modern social social justice. It's like, ooh, ouch right there. (laughs) Answer them and answer them clearly for heaven's sake. Please stop trying to find new ways to explain the perceived inconvenient truths of God's word. You ought to love what he loves and hate what he hates. This used to be a prerequisite for church leadership. Today, it's deemed radical and even bigoted. Playtime is over, the spiritual battle is raging, and the field is full of wimps and boys who have never picked up a sword because it just feels mean. We need generals and leaders who don't care about their brand, their looks, their likes, or make allegiances from the world. In short, it's time to make pastors uncool again. So I I read that and I was like, Amen. And and then I I mean, within hours, Jessica, I saw you posted a story and you just very just authentically said, Hey, you know what? I just want to say thankful to all, thank you to all the pastors out there for what they do. You know, basically surrendering themselves daily. You know, dying to self and serving others. <laughs> And it was good. And it was a good balance for me to to remember that there are the you know both sides there. And it I just want to say it made me think about today's show because we were talking about having your voice, like using your voice. What is God calling you to do? and And what does that look like? And everybody matters. Like you could probably hear that and go, Oh yeah, did you just compare me to John Cooper? Which I loved his message. But I also loved Jessica Pierce's message as well. And it helped me in both ways. And that's the thing, you know. I I even try to tell my kids when they're like, eh, you know, everybody's doing that. I can't do that, or whatever. I always say there's a gas station on every corner. Like you never know what lane someone's driving in where they're pulling in to hear, to hear your voice. So with that. I would love for you to share like your it, your calling, um, where, where, when, what, who, why, like, did you find Jesus and you really discovered what you were, what you were created to do? Like you're it. And when I, when I say that, I say that loosely because I feel like we're always, Discovering and rediscovering where where God has us. So, with that, Jess, thanks again for being on the show and and hit it, hit
1: it. That's a you know, that's not much of a question, <laughs> <starting off. laughs> but yes, um, I am happy to share that. And um, you know, I, I became a believer as an adult, and um, I did not grow up with a faith foundation. Uh, you know, I had really great parents that loved me and still do. And they're wonderful. Um, they're both believers now, by the way, but, um, they did not have a faith foundation. And so I didn't grow up knowing that. And so when I moved to Arizona, um, I actually had a son, my son is now 22 years old. And, um, his dad and I weren't married when we had this child and, but his, we were engaged. So we were going to the Catholic church. He was Catholic and we were going through the, um, I think they're called catechism classes, but the pre-marriage kind of classes to get married in the Catholic church. And so we were going and we were, we had gone for eight weeks in a row and we were on the last week. And again, I still didn't know Jesus. I was learning more of the kind of tenets of the faith, like the religious part of it. Um, And so when I went to check out and sign out on the last day, the lady manning the desk said, hey, you have a son, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, his name is Tanner. He's like a year old, I love him, blah, 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 right? Like doting on my first child. And then she says to me, well, you can no longer take communion. I was like, what do you mean? I like. I just passed that, you know, three weeks ago. <laughs> I finally got to take communion. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you have a child out of marriage. And I was like, whoa, what? She's like, you cannot take communion um, anymore. And I was like, "Well, doesn't God forgive me that I did this? And, and she's like, well, that's just, you know, you can't take communion. So I walk out of there completely devastated. I remember falling in the pews on my knees in the church and just bawling my eyes out. Wow. And, being, and and I, again, just to reiterate, I didn't know Jesus. So I didn't understand grace. I didn't know any of that. And I just, so all I was saying was God, don't you forgive me? God, don't you forgive me? Like that's all I could say to him in that moment. So I ended up not marrying. Tanner's dad. Um, lots of reasons, but I I remember that moment being a, reason, a piece of it because I was like, I can't buy into this. I don't believe this is true. So anyway, um, he and I didn't get married. We stayed friends. He's a great guy. Been a fantastic dad. But then years um, years later, I got married to my husband now. His name is Mark, and I said to him, Hey, I feel like you know I have a great life great kid, job, love, you know, just feel really blessed. I didn't say blessed, I feel really lucky. And I said, but I'm missing something and I don't know what that is. Well, Mark grew up Lutheran. And so I was able to ask him, hey, who is Mary? (laughs) Who is Peter? Like questions I would never ask anyone because I was so, I didn't want to look like an idiot. I just didn't know. And of course I had already, Essentially felt shunned from the church. So he said, well, he was answering them. And then he was like, well, why don't we go to church? And I'm like, Oh, I don't know about this church thing. He goes, well, we can do what's called church shopping. (laughs) What he told me, we can go look at a couple different churches. And so I had a friend invite me to a church. Um, it's called central Patty. It's our church. And I said, okay, I'm going to come. She goes, we'll sit in the back. So you don't feel comfortable. I came. I walked in that day and I felt like our pastor was talking to me. I continued on there for a whole year in every service. All I could do was cry because I was finally learning about grace. I was finally learning about being included and, um, being loved. And I've, that's been my church. I've never gone to another church as a member. This has been my church for 19 years now. And, um, it just blows my mind that, um, You know, there's so many people out there that have been hurt by the church. And my message when I talk to them is there's always another chance. There's always a church that um, is there for you, a person that's a believer that wants to guide you and help you and answer your questions and love on you. Like that one instance or two or three, however many church hurts people have, there's always another opportunity. And so that is how I ended up coming to Christ is through that church, getting baptized at church and just having really good friends. Um, I mean, I remember when our Cal said, Hey, you should join a life group. I think we're in like month three. I'm like, yes, go. How do I do this? Find these people. <laughs> and I was in a life group the next day. So, I mean, just really being, um, willing to step out and go. So that's how I came to Jesus, Patty. It was, um, it was dramatic for me. It's not dramatic for everybody. Some people grow up in the faith but for me it was definitely dramatic and i i was completely changed and felt completely changed after that even though it was a process and it's always been a process to look um look more like jesus every day Uh, and i'm not there by far (laughs) i'm not there yet (laughs)
0: that that is such a great story and and i want to pause there and go back to like you said just telling people that you have another chance and and the grace that's that's there also for for people who are inviting their friends to church i love that your friend said let's sit in the back so you have an exit that gave you that freedom like you you were not locked in here i wasn't so smart cuz i i grew up in the church so i just think that as soon as you come into the church walls that you know jesus is just sanctifying this room and you're going to feel him. And you're going to love to be there. And it's just what I've always known. So I invited a friend who happened to be uh, still in the strip clubs. And she wasn't there yet. And I should have said, let's sit in the back. Here's your exit. I should have done all that. But instead, I'm like, "Here, yeah, meet all my friends. And as we're sitting there, you know, we keep getting pushed into the middle of the pew. And she, at the end, said, I feel like you you trapped me. You brought me there. And not everybody is in that place mm-hmm. of, oh, wow, I'm going to sit here. And, and what was so interesting about that particular day and that message is the message was all about the second chance. Mm-hmm. And that's oh why... The sun wakes up in the morning, you know, you can wake up in the morning with a fresh start and then the sun goes down and God created that where each day is a new day and it's a new you and a new experience and a new chance. And I was salivating. Like I was like this message, God is protecting you in such a way. Like, are you hearing this? I was crying. It was like, Oh my word, God is amazing. And how he talks to us individually. And then afterwards she was so angry. I thought, Oh, okay. And it's good for us to see that not everybody gets your perspective. Yeah. And sometimes you're just planting a seed. Like oh. that could have been a major message for her and you know, just spiritual warfare that's taking place. And she is saying, no, no, no. But later on, she might think back or she's thinking about that, you know, all all the time. You never know when it's going to hit you. I This is another story, but I had another friend who happened to be in that same uh, career. I wouldn't call it a career, but she was yeah. in the, the sex industry. And she was sitting there with the Lion King when Mufasa is saying, I am your father, you know, Mm -hmm. and she was high, she was sitting there and that was her spiritual awakening of, oh my word, God is talking to me. Where is Jesus? (laughs) Isn't
1: that funny? He is. I mean, he will be available when you are ready. So, you know, it's not our job to make them ready, but it is our job to, I think, personally to invite, to to people but to be generous and gracious um, but that's those are that's really great examples patty of the kind of different ways we can be with people when they come into church
0: and and just you know this morning we were talking about having that voice yeah. and it's so significant to to be able to to know um when to use your voice And and that discernment. But um, often we spend a lot of time thinking of how can I grow? How can I get better? How can I help my family or how can I get healthy? How can I make my kids live a successful life, etc.? You know, we forget to look around. And think, how can I make the world a better place? You know, that sounds so cliche. Like God created us for a beautiful purpose to help others. So when we start looking at what's like breaking our heart, how do we close the gap in in, in finding our our it? So knowing your story, knowing how you you know discovered Jesus, and like I said, there, there's never this, we want to know the plan. We want this cookie cutter way of how we can, you know, help others. Uh, but a- Andy Stanley has a quote on whoever devotes themselves to themselves will have nothing but themselves to show for themselves. And in, in other words, you know, we're we're living in a world right now where everything is this self-awareness, self-help books, and it's all about you. And And I know for me, I do that. When I'm praying, it's me, 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 you know, okay, help, help me help my kids, help my husband help, you know, right now my, my husband's in a, in a place of job situation. So it's like, help him. Then I have my, my son, same thing looking, you know, it's like, help, help them. And, and you go through all that, uh, with, you know, help me to be healthy, you know, it's like the perfect weight, the perfect schedule, the perfect children, uh, but Is that really like fulfilling God's design for you if we're not stepping outside of the me, 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 and the mine, 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 and my family, my world, my job, my calling, and then going, okay, where does God want me?
1: Yeah, you know, I remember these words, and they they are so imprinted on me forevermore, but the words holy discontent. Mm-hmm. and I was sitting in, it was actually at church, and I, uh, my husband and I had really been hit hard by the recession in 2008 and 9, and um, we, I had closed a business, my husband had been laid off three times in six months, and we um, had to short sell our home, move from line to the perfect life, right, the quote-unquote perfect life. Yeah. Um, our kids at the time were, we had an infant, a two-year-old, and a 10-year-old, so it was really in the middle, of, it, we were uprooted, and I remember, Didn't really know what we were going to do, but I was listening to a sermon and he said, what is your holy discontent? What has God laid on you that you have not taken action on right now? And I was shook and I don't throw this out there lightly. I don't say God spoke to me very lightly at all. But in that moment, I was shook and I remember people need work to live People need jobs that they feel that they are valued at. And that was it. That was the moment. And I remember walking out of that sermon. I went to sleep that night, woke up the next morning. My husband and I did not have jobs. Remind you, (laughs) we were not working, no income. First time I'd ever collected unemployment. And I rolled over the next day and I said, Hey, babe, this is Mark, my husband. I know what I want to do. I want to help people get jobs. And he said okay how what do you mean i'm like i need to volunteer and he was like what <laughs> we need to make money babe what are you talking about and i said i don't know i feel god heavy on this and um so i called up uh the church and said hey can i have a room and they said yes we're getting tons of people and i just started gathering people together and helping them write resumes bring in career coaches and. It was this program that I started with just a couple handful of people has exploded. And in the 11 years we've been doing this, we've helped over 43,000 people get jobs. And it's like, it started because I had a holy discontent. It started, I did have some background in resume writing and helping hire people for different companies. So I had a little bit of experience there. But I certainly wasn't qualified to run a nonprofit organization, to hire, to have people working for me, to go get funding and fundraise, zero qualifications and all of that. (laughs) But I know without a doubt, God called me to that, without a doubt. And when God calls you, you've got to be listening. We've got to listen. We've got to take those moments and we've got to figure out the path. Um, And he will not show us the path, like we want it. The blueprint, here's the plan, go execute. That's not how this works. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a step at a time. And there were days I was like, this is dumb. I'm gonna quit. And then my husband would say, how many people showed up at your event last night? I'm like, oh, 150. You're gonna quit? <laughs> like, because it's hard? But 150 people showed up at your event. I'm like, okay, okay, right, right, right. These are people that need help and need support and don't know how to navigate the job market. And so that is how I did it there. I don't know if there's a, a magic, you know, formula, but that's the way I did it. It's really tapping in and listening and taking just the next step. I call it take the next right step. Mm. Take the next right step when you don't know what to do. Just take the next right step. What is one little movement you can make that's the right step? And so that's my guidance to people when they're trying to figure out what their calling is on their life.
0: Yeah, it, it's funny because the the holy discontent when I heard it, it came from Bill Hybels. And he he also said the Popeye, uh, I can't stand it no more. You know, oh, before yeah. Popeye all of a sudden takes a spinach drink is when he's just, I can't stand it no more. And yeah that is so true. So many things that I have done is because God has whispered, um, I can't stand it no more. And then it gets to the point where I look around and there's so many things I can't stand it no more. And so you have to go, all right, pick pick one. And it, it's, it's difficult because we are so fortunate that we live in, in America, right? We were born in America where the I can't stand it no more isn't as horrific as it is in so many other place, places. And I'm grateful that I had amazing parents, uh, the family that I was born into. I was able to um, travel around the world and I realized truly how many opportunities are are right in front of us. And when you said, I don't know what the perfect formula is, it's, it's that taking that one step. And I do think that some of that is the grit. Like you can follow your dreams. We are in America and I look at, I love working with young people and you know, they, they're kind of in this, uh, you know, watching either social media or Netflix or Amazon or Hulu, whatever they're spending their time doing. And you go, do you even realize that you really can follow your your dreams. I believe it. I believe you can you can be anything that you want. And when when I say that, my husband goes, come on, Patty. Like you you can't be anything you want. And and when I say that if you have uh the capacity, like the skill set, yeah, maybe you won't be an NBA, you know, I don't know, sports star or whatever, a basketball player if you're five two. You have to have somewhat of the skill set, but when you take those steps and you keep taking the right step, it's just grit at that point. Yes. And I, I, so many times when I'm coaching people, it's that inner critic that is coming in the negative narrative that's telling them a different story, and they're trying to rewrite what God is calling them to do, simply because there's so much noise out there and there's so many distractions. And I think one of, as a matter of fact, I was, I was working with this one woman who I absolutely love. And I had told her, you know, Hey, let's itemize some of the things that you have going on here. And I said, maybe look at some other companies that your competition to see how they itemize and charge and et cetera. And she came back with, that was the worst coaching advice you could ever give. was <laughs> like, what? And she goes, I got so discouraged and so depressed when you see what's out there. Cause we do that comparison thing mm-hmm. and we start listening to the racket and the noise and the, all the different Voices that say you can't do it and look at how amazing they are. And are you kidding me? You're starting up. Why would anyone go and listen to you? Why would anyone come and use your services? And that's one of the things, the the blinders that now I know don't, don't do that. Like you said this earlier, like even with social media, finding that balance and the boundaries to turn some people off. Yes,
1: yes. Yes, I, um, you know, I think in even the last couple of two years, especially, it's been so hard, we, you, we need to surround our pe- ourselves with people that are um, going to make us better, um, whether it's encouraging or the ones that will really speak reality in our life. But if there, there are people in your life, uh, my life that are really frustrating us, it's time to take a break from them. And this can be friends family, but there's a little unfollow button on all the social media platforms. You can just unfollow without a big to do, without telling anyone, just unfollow. And we all have those people. And so I have really good friends that I've unfollowed in the last year, really good. And I adore them. I love them dearly, but I couldn't jive with what they are putting out on social media. So I just unfollowed. I'll go in occasionally, scroll through their stuff, but my head is in the right place. So I just want to know what's going on with their life because I love them, but I couldn't jive with the, what they were putting out on social media. So get rid of the hard, the negative stuff, but also we can't compare ourselves with the perfectness that's out there with many people on social media because the desire from others and yourself should be authenticity and being real. And who who are you? That's what people care about.
0: Yeah. And, and that's a great tip. We have a minute here before we close the show, Jessica. Jessica. And that tip of as you're looking into your calling, discovering, you know, your it and just begging God to show up to to um, help you with your your person purpose. Is to really look within and go, Am I being authentic? Am I being authentic to the voice that God has has given me? And where is my holy discontent? Um, where, what is breaking your heart right now that you just can't stand it no more? And then surrounding yourself with people that are going to champion you, that are going to advocate for you. And with that, I just want to say thanks for being on the show, Jessica. As always, I love having these conversations. And go subscribe to Girlfriend It. Tag, you are it. for listening to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It, hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.